Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I just, I didn't necessarily see that coming, and I loved that scene. It was a total disappointed dad act from Rip. And yes! he seems to be... What John should have been doing! I'm paraphrasing here, but early on in season 5 of Yellowstone, Rip tells Beth to find someone else to take her aggression out on because she's eating away at herself with all these bad memories of how she treated him when they were kids. That person has turned out to be Summer Higgins. Hey, it's Addison Haker, and this week we're going to talk a lot about the fight. That's what we'll call it, because while Yellowstone has had some great fights, there have been none like this before. That scene and everything that builds up to it may cast a light on something fans don't like about this new season. I'll start with a pretty simple question. Has there been too much Beth this year? Here's another one. How do you feel about Casey's wife, Monica? Billy Dukes joins me and together we'll explore both topics as we break down this most recent Yellowstone episode. It was all about the fight, right? I mean, I guess Jamie and Sarah Atwood had another scene together, and I do suppose the Cowboys are pretty excited to go do cowboy stuff. But half of episode 5, titled Watch Him Right Away, is dedicated to a feud between Beth and Summer that really gets out of hand. Thank God for Rip having some common sense, but I'm getting ahead of myself. As always, tap follow if you've not yet committed to receiving weekly recap podcasts, and as well as cast interviews from Yellowstone in 1923. Last week, we included highlights from conversations with Cole Hauser and more, and before that, it was Ryan Bingham as a guest. As always, please leave a rating and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. We truly, truly appreciate it. Too much Beth? Too much Monica? Too much John? Nah, that's not possible. <laughs> Let's talk about it all and more right now on the Denton Rules Podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, Addison. Hello, Billy. This episode, oh my goodness gracious. If your jaw was not on the floor during it, then you were not watching the episode I watched. I am so pumped to get into this. I have a question for you that I hope it's not an overshare if you answer it. But have you <laughs> ever been in a real fight like that? With no, well, I should have actually, before I just shouted out no, I should have let you guess for me. No, not even I have 
I no, I haven't. And I even have two younger brothers. But I will say they're kind of at the age now. I will I, my youngest brother Sam, he's never they would never hit me. Let me first state that. But they definitely like, you know, rough house with me. And sure. I've learned my lesson of Addison who's 5'5 five, five, going against a brother who's 6 feet. I, I have no stake in that game at all. So, no. <laughs> have you, Billy? Uh, sixth grade was probably my last scuffle. Um, and <laughs> I, I took the L and I retired after that because oh. I realized that I could talk my way out of a lot of places, but I couldn't fight my way out of many places. So I, I guess the question I want to ask you is, did you swing first? I'm not sure I swung at all, if we're being, <laughs> being honest. <laughs> Wait, that's amazing. <laughs> on, on, on that note, Billy, <laughs> I we've got to talk about trivia before we get into this episode, yeah. and we won't marinate on your um your sixth grade lack of fighting days. We'll get into trivia. What remind me what the trivia question was last week? Yes, as always, staff at tasteofcountry.com is the email address if you have a, a crack at the answer. And last week's trivia question. Related to the show 1923, we had just seen the the first preview, the trailer for 1923 starring Harrison Ford. So the question was, Kevin Costner, who plays John Dutton, of course, he once insisted that Harrison Ford get a movie role that he was up for. Which role or which movie was that? And you, before you say it, remember, I said I thought Indiana Jones. I don't know the answer here, but I just wanted to throw out my two cents before you tell me. It was, was not it? Indiana Jones. It was a, a little bit later of a movie. Uh, con- thanks for all the right answers. We actually got several. The correct answer wow. came from Stephen, who knew it was President James Marshall in the movie Air Force One, where Harrison Ford plays the president. Oh. It was a great huh. film. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. I thought that was pretty So what was neat. your punishment? So, well, I, I got back to him late. I, I got to apologize. So it's coming down yeah. the line. But uh, Stephen, we really appreciate you. And like I did last week to Renee, I believe, who was so happy about this, I just want to wish you a great day, Stephen. Um, go be your best self out there today. You're good enough for whatever it is that you're thinking about overcoming. You can do this, buddy. And we're all behind you here at the Dutton Rules Podcast. Wow. Once again, a great affirmation. And honestly, I'm here for the pep talk. I feel like I just got a pep talk. <laughs> so thank you, Stephen. <laughs> what is this week's trivia? This is a little bit of a tougher one, and you're going to chuckle at it. Uh, And hopefully you watched every last drop of the most recent episode of Yellowstone, including the trailer for episode six, which comes at the end next week on Yellowstone. Okay. Because the trailer for episode six of Yellowstone finds Summer in the family cemetery. And we see some of the other tombstones. We see Margaret Dutton's tombstone. And we also see the tombstone for another female Dutton born in 1930. What was her name? I'm doing a sauce file over here because I feel like this is once again, Billy's bread and butter. He is just this lineage, the tombstones. You love this stuff. And I actually, I do know this answer, but because we did make a recap video. So unfortunately I actually, I, this one's not hard for me, but good luck everyone. Yeah. It's a staff at tasteofcountry.com is the place for those addresses, as well as questions and comments. We'll have some more questions and comments a little bit later in the episode today. Now, let's dive into it, Billy. Let's talk about the thing that we, the tension that I, that's been there this entire time, but finally the tension cracked and Beth hit a girl. 
Beth hit, or sorry, not girl, a woman, as they both, what, what oh, Kevin Cross, or John Dutton hit. had said, you know. <laughs> <laughs> girls? Yeah, I would have been out. Yeah, girls. Yeah. <laughs> as they're leaving the table, all of a sudden I had PTSD. I wasn't even in the scene. Yeah, set, set us up, Billy. What What happened? Well, Summer and Beth continue to not really get along, and Summer's being disrespectful. Beth Dutton is being Beth Dutton. Uh, John mm-hmm. decides it's a great idea because Casey and Monica have come to the ranch with Tate. They're going to have a big family dinner. So he invites Rip, Carter, and Casey to have dinner with uh, Summer and whoever else is there, his assistants there, and then, of course, John. A terrible idea, and John knows it, but he insists upon it. And Beth, of course, promises that if she can't say anything nice, she won't say anything and breaks that promise within just seconds when he calls Summer a hooker. And then really kind of without motivation or for any reason. Well, I guess Summer was a little bit particular when it came to the dinner menu. Uh, <laughs> she, <laughs> she, yeah, she was a straw. little particular. The the chef. <laughs> also, I want to take a moment that they have a chef at the Dutton Ranch. Yes, please. But he brings out pretty yeah. much every type of poultry and, you know, meat possible. And obviously, Summer is going to have her two cents with the fact that they're eating animals. Including doves. Did you know you can eat doves? No. A new quail. I, well, you can go dove hunting. Honey, hunting. You can go dove hunting. True. <laughs> true. I guess uh, that's true. You can go dove hunting. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, she's upset about all of it and sounding off like Summer does. So, finally, Beth says, Summer, let's me and you go for a walk. And they head out to the door. And Summer says, I thought going for a walk was a metaphor. You really want to go for a walk. And Beth says, nope, and boom, slugs are right in the nose. The fight is on, two women grappling on the ground, and it is a scene. First, I want to take a moment of, in all these types of scenes with Yellowstone, I would assume, like I said, I've never punched someone, but I would assume that their hands would hurt. No one ever reacts as if they're in pain. Have you noticed that? Well, like even this. Well, Beth, (laughs) Beth clearly has learned how to throw a punch. So she knows how to do it without busting her hand. And as it turns out, Summer had nine years of jiu-jitsu. So when she says that, it's like, oh, (laughs) Beth is going to get her comeuppance now. It is on. She at least going to get her butt kicked a little bit. And it's not going to be that easy of a fight. Um, And she does. I mean, Beth takes a number of hard punches and she's in a compromising position for much of the fight, really, in, until the very end, when it just becomes maybe a more traditional style of pugilism between the two of them. Well, what I love about this next, and it was a character that I wasn't expecting to kind of come in, and I thought he was going to come in kind of, you know, guns blazing, break up the fight, but he doesn't. And I think this is a really cool scene because it kind of sets up, you know, what the, the environment and atmosphere going forward you would think maybe John doesn't like clearly when John lets them go outside, Rip is not okay with it. He, you know, he's telling John like, sir, I don't think this is a good idea. John's like, yeah, whatever. I'm just going to eat in peace. And Rip finally is just like, I'm just not going to let this happen. I've got to go outside and I've got to stop it. But what I love is he, he doesn't really, he doesn't come in, like I said, and push them apart. He comes in of like, what the heck are you guys doing? But I love how he hits more of the emotional pull. He looks yeah. at Beth and goes, do you want, Carter to learn like this is okay you know what I mean and and I I love that because then he looks at Summer and says hey you know if you come in to someone's house and you're you know and you're criticizing everything like if you want respect give us respect like it goes both ways 
I just, I didn't necessarily see that coming. And I loved that scene. It was a total disappointed dad act from Rip. And yes, he seems to be. What John should have been doing. Only a, to, well, totally. Like, I think John's parenting skills are, are really questionable, really throughout Yellowstone, but this episode especially. Like, he makes some bad <laughs> decisions and doesn't try to manage the outcomes of those decisions at all. Like, yeah. Rip yeah. finally proves to be the only adult in the room because not even Casey or Monica, no one goes out there after him and, and Rip does. And he separates them and then decides that if they're going to fight, they need to fight like cowboys fight, I guess, and just sit there and trade blows, punch each other in the face, unarmed, last woman standing wins. And they both get in one or two, maybe three good punches good. on one another. Yeah. 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 And finally, Beth delivers the final blow. Summer taps out. And that was probably, to me, the best part of the of an otherwise pretty weak episode. Uh, I thought after that, Summer's behavior and how she's now all of a sudden like the sad puppy dog following Beth around, kowtowing to her, was a little bit too far. Like, I can understand respect, but it seems like she's all of a sudden like her her servant. Her servant. It, it, it got weird after that for me. Well, I think what's interesting is it's like you can find a level playing field with this summer Beth drama. You would think at some point we would find some leveling with her and Jamie drama, Beth and Jamie drama. Like I, I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping at some point we're going to have a moment kind of like the summer and Beth. I don't think we're actually going to get that. But I think what was interesting or a little bit frustrating, and, and I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. You know, John has been very outwardly frustrated with Beth's behavior, um, you know, and putting him in like compromising situations as governor. But he, and like you said, in this episode, he just allows it. And I'm like, at some point, you can't pick and choose what you're going to allow her to do. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're not being consistent at all. So you don't really have a leg to stand on to complain at this point. I'm not a parent also. A so that might have been, yeah. My question, well, I have a question for you that I'm going to pin just for a second, because after okay. the fight scene, John, uh, John and Rip are talking and John shows that he really admires Beth for like the way she behaves, mm -hmm. which I found mm -hmm. pretty shocking. But through that and another time earlier in the episode, he really takes a dig at Jamie, like in a way that he never has before. Like he doesn't even consider Jamie a son any longer and and really up yeah. to the end of season four he had stated that jamie will always be his son but now it's clear that yeah. the end of season four really changed that uh, i found that to be pretty surprising but it was surprising to me that he really envies envy was the word he used uh beth because she lives life so free I, I, i'm not sure i agree yeah I think this episode was interesting in the in the sense that we got a little bit more how John feels about his kids, you know, like a bigger reflection. Like we've always seen, you know, situational wise how he's feeling. But this was more of a deep, overarching, you know, here's here's how I feel. What are your favorite moments of like this season? Like, what do you look forward to happening? What do you wish they would do more of? Like, Where's sort of the sweet spot for you when when these actors or this action pops up on screen, you start to get really excited and lean into the television? You know, I really like seeing the the emotional side of Beth because I really think that she's going to completely crack. I'm not talking about her unraveling like she has been in 
and anger. But I think every single episode, I just see where, you know, where she's like an onion emotionally in the like more so like sad and deep. It's deep, deep, deep within her heart of like, there's something there emotionally that she like we see she's in a lot of pain, a lot of pain of her past with Rip and all the above. And we see it for a hot second and then we get rage. Uh, And so I'm looking forward to see if at some point we get, you know, enough peel back of the onion to just really understand kind of the bigger picture of Beth. Cause there, she is such a complex character emotionally. Um, so what about you? Ben? I wanted to, well, well, see now you kind of dodged around my question a little bit because was it last <laughs> week we played the Rosebud Thorn game? Oh, I don't remember now. I think it might've been episode three. Maybe it was last week. Okay. A couple of weeks ago, we played the Rosebud Thorn game. Rose being what you enjoyed. Uh-huh. Uh, but a thorn being what you didn't enjoy and, and bud being what you're looking forward to. And I asked for your rose and you gave me the thorn or the bud answer. I want to know like what now that has happened, like that exists now, not what you're looking forward to seeing in the future, but what exists now. Oh, you- oh, oh, oh. I've enjoyed a very long time. Yeah, sorry. I wanted to give a thoughtful answer. Uh, All right. I've enjoyed watching Carter come into his own and Rip kind of be a little bit more paternal. A a little bit. I'm enjoying watching that. But you know I've been a big Carter fan from the beginning and I wanted him to have more screen time. So we are seeing that. I don't totally sync up with you on that, but I, I, I think that's fine. The part that I think... I lean into and I was looking forward to and it looked like we were going to see a little bit more with some of the cowboy stuff because that's really unique to me. And that was kind of what the core of Yellowstone is like. This was a show about ranch life and and cowboying. Correct. And like protecting this land. And we started to see a little bit at the beginning of this episode. It looks like they're they're going to go gather the cattle, bring them back for branding. Um, It kind of syncs up with what happened in an early flashback scene from episode five as well. That's where we were headed towards. But then it really pivoted to this. Beth and summer scene. And we never until the very, very end got the cowboying stuff that I think we were not only promised at the beginning of this episode, it kind of seemed like we were promised in previous episodes. It was going to be more about like what the show has been about at its core. And it became once again, the Beth Dutton show to me, Beth Dutton is not the main character, the main thing. Like we don't tune in to see her. We enjoy her. And like, she's like a side dish. Uh, but like the main course is this ranch life. Yeah. And I th- I, th- I think this is the problem with the show right now for a lot of people in season five is we're not getting enough of what we signed up for in seasons one, two and three. Yeah, well, I, I agree with you. I enjoy watching just I mean, literally the ranch life. I don't think here's my caveat to that. I don't think we're necessarily going to get more because it is so it's been so focused on just the direct family, a.k.a. Beth and her <laughs> relationships that are going sour. However, I could see maybe we will get more of that because if you remember Abby, who's played by Lainey Wilson, has a little thing with Ryan. Uh, and so right. we haven't really even seen that relationship. So because of that, I feel like somehow the bunkhouse has to come into play a little bit more if that relationship is going to become something. We've got to see more screen time. Golly, I totally forgot about Abby and Lainey How Wilson. How could you I mean, forget? Only, so two briefs. Well, it's been two brief scenes. I mean, we're... Correct. There's only two more episodes left in this half, and we've really that plot line hasn't gone anywhere yet. I I kind of thought that would be I thought we'd be talking about Lainey Milson a lot more than we have. 
No, I, I'd agree with that. But that to that point is I'm curious if, or maybe it's the second half. I don't know. I, I do think at some point we, I mean, if that relationship is supposed to go farther, we've got to see more. So we might get so, a little bit more cowboy. So to, to, to kind of respond to what you just said about maybe it's the second half, um, a number of people, including Breck and Merrill, who I believe is going to be on the podcast on Thursday. He plays Tate. I talked to him um, several weeks ago and he shared a little bit. But one of the more interesting things he shared with me is that they haven't even started filming the second half of season five yet. That won't start filming until right. like March. So that means um, Lainey Wilson doesn't know her role, doesn't know where she'll be for that. I don't think unless they filmed some scenes for it, that'll kind of um, kind of carry over. But. That's all kind of a big unknown, I think, for everybody. Which is crazy to me. And I, I've said this before, but especially with Carter and Tate, they're boys who are, you know, going through puberty. So if we wait a few months, they're going to look again drastically <laughs> different. So that's going to be interesting timeline wise for the show, you know, where we leave off at the end of these episodes and where we're going to pick up. Carter's going to have a bald spot. I, it could happen, you know, at this point. <laughs> Taylor Sheridan's, you know, stringing out the the writing. He might have a family by the time we get to the second half. Yeah, yeah. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, a character that I am very curious to hear your thoughts on, Billy. And as you, as you know, after the episodes, I look through Reddit, I look through Twitter. I love to see fans comments which a reminder again for those listening staff at tasteofcountry.com if you have opinions thoughts questions please email us we always love reading them um, and one of those is is that people really at least i wouldn't say the majority that might be a little extreme but a lot of people do not like monica and they were saying that you know they were joking on twitter last night of like i don't like monica but she was the one, you know, at the dinner table. She said what we were all hoping. This is the, you know, one time I actually like Monica. And so it, I pose the question to our listeners. Why do you think, and you might be one of these people listening. Why do you dislike Monica so much? Like what about her as the character or actions that have happened around her? Do you think made people not love her? Because she's not necessarily like a, a main character. Uh, she's not, you know, she's not a Beth. She's not a Jamie. Uh, yeah, I don't know. No, you're right. There is a lot of hate towards Monica. And, and as a character, she's been through so much mm -hmm. uh, through the five seasons. Like, I think early on, like her acting wasn't the greatest. Um, that's not the case anymore. I think Cassie Osbill does a really, really good job, especially this season and last with what she's been dealt with. Uh, she is a little bit mopey, mm -hmm. um, especially when she's contrasted to some of the other women on the show, especially Beth Dutton. But I think I don't know if this is the why if this is everybody's answer, and it might be a little bit sort of deep. But I think this show is is such a show about imagining something you're not. You know, we're imagining we're on the ranch, playing cowboy mm -hmm. and, and doing all these things, or we we imagine that we're Rip Wheeler or Beth Dutton. Um, those are all people mm -hmm. that like 
we kind of aspire to be in some ways, or at least have characters like them. Monica is very much the character we are. Like she reacts to things how we would react to things. Like I think her reactions and responses are are very normal, are very ordinary. And I think that's a little bit of a a disappointment in sort of the the fantasy that is Yellowstone. Dang, Billy, that was sign- <laughs> that was significantly deeper than I was expecting. I don't know. You kind of left me speechless over here. No, I mean that's a very legitimate thought. Do you think that this is a little bit of a cuckoo theory? Do you think politics come into play? Because <laughs> think about it. Like, I think. Are we in agreement that if John Dutton and his family were voting for the 2020 presidential election, he probably would have leaned Republican in most categories, right? Yes. Like he doesn't seem yes. to be very conservative or very uh, liberal in many ways. Whereas Monica, right. I think probably of the cast of characters is probably the more liberal leaning uh, member of the show. So maybe there's some inherent political ideology clashes happening as well. Interesting. I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, that's definitely something to marinate on. I don't have too much of a yeah. thought there, but <laughs> someone write a, a, an essay, <laughs> or a, a, do their senior thesis on why people hate Monica. Might get you an A. Who knows? I did a, yeah, please, a big, please do, uh, and paper. then we'll have you on our show. <laughs> the the other thing that happened. Uh, go ahead. I do have one quick question before we head to the next topic. Just since we are on Monica, if you remember, Kelsey Asbill told Sterling Whitaker in his interview with her that there was going to be a scene where all the women were together in kind of a a bonding moment. Was that so? At the end right. of this scene, you know, they're all going off on the horses, and it's. Kelsey, or uh, sorry, uh, Monica's tearing up. Summer is looking empathetic. I I don't know how to best describe what she was doing. But then, you know, Beth's also there. And it was kind of this just, I guess, understanding moment. Do you think that was the moment Monica uh, Kelsey was talking about? No, it seemed to me that they they actually go out. Like, I I thought that was like a night out on the town. I expected to see, like, um, Abby and... Uh, Monica and maybe Summer and he, I expected Beth to be leading it like this girl's night out. That, that, that's what I was anticipating. Okay. And we, we certainly haven't seen anything like that yet. Right. Since we haven't seen it, yeah. I just didn't know if that was that was the moment. But what was um, your what were you wanting to talk about? Well, I think the only other significant thing that happened here was Sarah Atwood stormed into Jamie's office again after hours. And like for an instant, we thought we knew what her intentions were, that she was trying to get him um, off the case. Like he he couldn't prosecute correct, or or lead the defense or the prosecution for the the case against market equities. That ends up not being the case at all, but she doesn't seem to care. And did you know that dress? I mean, as soon as she walks into that room and there's that snap dress, she has got, it's gotten buttoned up. I mean, I was like, that was like it was like the gun in the drawer. You knew that thing like was coming Like flyaway pants. Yeah, I mean, it was that's like, not hey. where my head went. But <laughs> what are her intentions? Like, what do you think she's after? I mean, the only thing that I could think of is she's trying to get Jamie on her side, and then somehow they're going to take down John. Same. But once again, that was kind of a scene that I think we could have done without, though. I mean, literally, it happened for yeah. a minute. And then we never saw either of them the rest of the the episode. 
No, I, I totally agree. Um, I didn't think that needed to take place this episode, if at all. Like, it, it was just kind of a little bit of a time filler. Uh, and, and and the other scene that I think probably would fall in that category was Beth's sulky teenager scene, where she says she wants to go on the gathering or the, the branding trip. Oh. And she kind of pouts when Rip won't ask her the right way. And um, by the way, that's another bad idea. I'm, I'm curious to see how that's <laughs> happening, <laughs> Beth. Um, but, you know. My, my only thought with that flashback scene was to keep kind of that storyline re- relevant because for the most part, I think every single episode we've had a Beth and Rip flashback. True, true. Who do you think gets hurt in the season in the episode six trailer? There's a lifeline helicopter that comes in. Um, it's very clear someone got injured significantly while out on that that drive. Um, and then we see Lloyd. John hugging a dark haired <laughs> boy. You, well, you know what? That oh. was my thought. My Wait, thought are you serious? Lloyd. Yeah. Really? Wow, Billy, we're well, on the same page this time. <laughs> why Why do you think so? Well, to be honest, you're not going to love because mine is not deep at all. But I was trying to think of the people who went on that journey. I'm like, we can't. Casey and Tate, surely Taylor would not. I, I, at first, when I saw that, I did think Casey but then I thought, surely Taylor would not do that. Um, but we've always been on this hinging point of, you know, is Lloyd going to go? Is he not? And things have been working way too well with Lloyd. And I think because we've seen almost him be a little bit more of a nurturing, you know, male role model in Carter's life. I'm assuming the person that was being hugged was Carter. And it's like they've... It, we've seen just oh. that relationship really blossom. Yeah, that that's where my head went. Um, and so it's almost like he kind of lost a father figure. And then maybe that's when Rip steps up a little bit more and becomes that father figure for Carter. Okay, I didn't even Boom. think that he was hugging Carter. I thought he was hugging Tate. And that was leading us to believe it was Casey, which I did not think was the case. But I agree that it was probably Lloyd for the same exact reasons. Like we've had all this happy, joy, joy, Lloyd love really? this season, which has been fun. Like yeah. it's been a lot of cool Lloyd stuff, but it does seem like he's just we're getting run off a cliff with him a little bit, like just <laughs> uh, building him up to kind of just break us down. And, and so it's a really crushing scene. Correct. When he dies. But I think all of that logic totally fits. That's I'm, I'm with you, Edison. Wow. All right. <laughs> should we get to the, the Q&A? I have a few for us today. The first one is from Ryan, who says, A while back, I humorously shared that I was dating slash engaged with a Dutton whose father just so happened to be a John Dutton. I can say happily that I am married and accepted into the Dutton family. But I would also like to answer a question that you once asked me, and that is if I was either the Monica Long or Rip Wheeler that married into the Dutton family. I found that answer as we checked into our Airbnb honeymoon suite as there was a picture of the one and only Rip Wheeler. There is my long-awaited answer. Pilly, what? <laughs> you don't remember, Ryan? We talked about him last uh, last season. He he was marrying his future no. father-in-law was going to be John Dutton. Like he was marrying into the Dutton family and he was, we were nervous. He was nervous about it. Probably just nervous about the wedding, but we asked him if he was a, more of a rip or a Monica, his personality type. And uh, he took us right inside. The oh, it's kind of coming that. back. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I thought I, I, you must, 
partied too hard this summer. Addison. Sorry, I. <laughs> We spent a lot of time on this last season. I thought I was bring, wrapping the story up. I was and reading. You're going to be delighted. <laughs> well, it's kind of creepy. Where were they honeymooning? Where they saw he saw a picture of Rip Wheeler. Ryan, I have some questions here. Well, that is a good question. Thank um, you. That's why I was like, wait, I'm confused of where this story's headed. It doesn't sound bad cool. though, like a place that has a, a Rip Wheeler no. honeymoon no, no, picture no. on the honeymoon. Maybe. <laughs> I'm. I just continually have questions. Like, did he go to an Airbnb? You know, like Home Alone and all these different movies that Hocus Pocus where they create homes that are like similar to the movies. Did they Airbnb at a place that is like similar to the Dutton Ranch? Right. Anyways. That... <laughs> On to the next, shall we? <laughs> to you and your wife. Uh, yes. We're happy for you. Keep Congratulations. Okay, a review from Charlie on Apple Podcast says, all I can say about this new season is that Taylor is leaving out most of the bunkhouse and the cowboy scenes. He's going to start losing viewers. Many people are upset on social media at this. Well, so Charlie uh, actually gave us a five-star Char- review, which I really appreciate. And I appreciate the, the comments Thanks, as Charlie. well. Uh, I, I kind of agree with him a, a little bit. Uh, yeah. And... I don't know if he'll lose a large section of the audience, but there does seem to be a a part of the audience who tuned in for the cowboy stuff and is getting a lot of um, Beth drama. That's a problem, I think. The drama. And finally, thank you, Robert, who shared a link actually to an article in People that finds Cole Hauser saying season five is not the final season and season six is being written. Sorry, I was giggling because I was like, in classic Taylor shared in form, he Taylor's, you know, always writing something. And yeah, anyways. This was, um, I guess, to kind of correct us because we were pretty hot and heavy that, or I was, I shouldn't put, I shouldn't take you down with me. But the idea was Don't that- Don't put me in a box, Billy. <laughs> the idea was that we, I, I said that we need to consider that season five might be it. Um, now, correct. I will say to this, first of all, a lot of the actors and cast of the show have said things that ended up not being totally correct. Like it's not it, Cole Hauser may know things, but I don't think you could take every cast member's word as a gospel when they're talking about the future of the show. And also in my mind, right. the way they're splitting up this season five with two halves and the second half, maybe not starting till next spring or summer. Like that's kind of season six. Like, I don't know why he gets to call that season five as well. It's starting months, months later. I'd agree um, with that. I feels like season six to me, so it could end up kind of being the case, but surely that only because I mean you can string out a storyline, but I what are we gonna be talking about in season six? <laughs> you know? Well, I, but, I think we'd get back to what we started talking about at the beginning of seasons one and two was like the the natives and Chief Rainwater and and his plot line, which has been kind of flagging for a couple of seasons now. Uh, maybe that kind of picks back up. Um, and the Mark Wood Equities things, I don't feel like has reached a total conclusion yet. So there could be more to come from that. And then will we ever see Jimmy in Four Sixes Ranch? I'm genuinely so pumped for that one. Just it being, you know, set in Texas, all the above, and me being from Texas. And uh, Taylor, where is where is it? I'm really excited well, for 1923. Um, and at some point, we're going to have to have like a little 1923 preview episode of this podcast. 
um because that's looking really really good the trailer looked phenomenal to me um helen mirren looks, looks really good especially with a gun so i'm excited to see <laughs> that and and to talk about it you know because people were really passionate about 1883 and that was a lot of fun to talk about that last year plus yeah. in the trailer wasn't that elsa dutton's voice in the trailer for 1923 oh that's also what i thought yes mm -hmm. also mm -hmm. i don't know and i won't throw this out here well i guess i am throwing it out here because I'm, <laughs> I'm technically going on the record as we record this but i almost oh maybe it was the episode okay wait actually I take that back this is not 1923 i think it was the um the little teaser for next week's episode of yellowstone i could have sworn i saw ennis being one of the ranch hands taking a horse out of the trailer. I could be completely wrong, but I literally had to do a double take. And obviously it's not in this, but um, anyways, right, I just, character I thought I saw that character. Actor. Maybe I didn't. He's like, yeah. howdy. But yes, all that to be said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you said, yeah, when you were talking about her, I was like, oh wait, in this? <laughs> mm -hmm. No, but yes, they I am all, also excited to talk about. Yeah, they, they kind of do, uh, but I am excited mm. to talk about it. And don't forget staff at tasteofcountry.com. If you're also excited, let us know. But specifically Yellowstone, this last episode season, I mean, episode five. Yeah, let us know your thoughts. And specifically, because I've been dying to ask the internet this in general, Monica, why do we not like Monica? You can send us an email with a question, comment, or correction at staff at tasteofcountry.com and we'll be happy to share with the Dutton Rules audience. That email is also the place to go if you're interested in sponsoring the podcast. I'm Addison Hager and thank you so much for listening and helping to make this podcast the number one Yellowstone Breakdown podcast. Be sure to tap follow and leave a five-star rating and review before you go and then check out the archives for interviews from Ryan Bingham, Cole Hauser, and many more. Dutton Rules is written by myself and Billy Dukes and produced by Billy Dukes. Taste of Country writer Sterling Whitaker also helps us with key insight and analysis. So later this week, look out for Billy's interview with Brecken Merrill, who plays Tate of Yellowstone. As always, Dutton Rules, a Yellowstone 1923 podcast, is another great topical media podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.